Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, April 9th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 68, beginning with the second full paragraph, Perhaps There is a Better Way. Today's readers are Ellen B. on the 12 Steps, Diane G. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Angela D., Sally A., and Janice M. Uh, The reference number for yesterday's meeting, April 8th, is 7459. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Ellen B. to read the 12 steps. Thank you. Uh, My name is Ellen B., a compulsive overeater from Maryland. The 12 steps, number one, (laughs) excuse me, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Uh, Thank you, Ellen B. And I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. I uh, recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Kathy, and I pass. Diane G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinent requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinent requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. Uh, To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 68, the second full paragraph uh, that begins, Perhaps There Is Another Way. And I will ask Angela D. Um, to read two paragraphs and focus comments on the second. 
Good morning, visionaries. I'm a newly recovered compulsive overeater. My name is Angela D. Perhaps there is a better way. We think so, for we are now on a different basis, the basis of trusting and relying upon God. We trust an infinite God rather than our finite selves. We are in a world to play the role he assigns, just to extent that we do as we think he would have us and humbly rely on him. Does he enable us to match calamity with serenity? We never apologize to anyone for depending upon our creator. We can laugh at those who think spiritually the way of weakness. Paradoxically, it is the way of strength. The verdict of these ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. At once we commence to outgrow fear. Well, twice. I'm in the second paragraph now. No, the third. We never apologize. It says again that we never apologize. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. Giving up my fear every day is all day. And for him to demonstrate through me, I must give up my fear. I must have the courage he is talking about. And that courage is do it afraid. But if I do it afraid, fearing him, it will work. Not staying in that false evidence appearing real, but fearing God, it'll work. And at once we commence to outgrow fear. We let him take us over. And it took me a long time to do that. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, visionaries. Thank you, Angela D. Who would like to share on this second paragraph? Kim. Elsie. Okay, Kim and Elsie. Sharon H. Sharon H. We'll take Paula one D. more. Who is that? Paula D. Paula D. Okay, let's start with those four. Kim, Elsie, Sharon H., and Paula D. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning, Kathy Kay. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. We ask which is always a prayer when we say ask, we ask him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. You know, I think it's so brilliant how this fourth step is being unraveled. First, we look at our resentments. And what I learned was my resentments covered my anger. And then we have that sick man's prayer where it's saying, God, save me from being angry. And what I found was that my anger was, was covering my fear. And now we're being given a prayer to be rid of fear. Remove my fear and direct my attention to what he would have me be. And that is going to link in on page 87 when we get to step 11 and we got unblocked from this higher power. We're going to see in step 11 at night 
After making our review, we ask God's forgiveness and inquire what corrective measures should be taken. So we're asking God to direct our attention to what he has us be, and in step 11, we're being asked what corrective measures, what inact, what action, and even what inaction, because when I'm in fear, I'm very reactive. Sometimes the thing I need to do is just to stay still, just to try to get that connection going with God. Because you know what? God can't do for me what he can't do through me. So what I have to do is empty myself of my resentment, empty myself of my anger, empty myself of my fear so that I can be directed to what God would have me be. I see three big words in here, trust, rely, depend. Those are the things I need to do with a higher power. And I'm just going to end with this. I was reading some history on AA, and when World War II broke out, remember this book came out in 39, and I can't remember, I think 41 was when World War II started. They were very concerned. All these people that were together working this program were going to be put all throughout the world and throughout the United States in training, and they're like, what's going to happen to AA? And when they did surveys and things, what they found the people in World War II, the ones that were serving, that were in, in Europe, that were throughout the country without a fellowship, were actually staying sober better than the ones at home. Why is that? I'm going to postulate, and what they postulated is that those people were forced to depend on God, and the people at home were depending on the fellowship. And the fellowship is ultimately finite power. So we have to get through this this four through nine process to have a reliance on a higher power. The fellowship is wonderful. It supports us. I don't know what I do without my fellowship, but I understand that ultimately I have to learn to trust, rely, and depend on a higher power if I want to have permanent sobriety. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Elsie, please go ahead. Thank you. My name is Elsie M. I'm from outside Philadelphia and a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, to match calamity with serenity, I just want to get on the line and tell newcomers that that is so true. It is so true. Once we have worked through these steps, um, I have experienced on multiple occasions where calamity has been matched with serenity. I can't change the situations around me, but I can change my response to it as long as I stay close to my higher power. And if I'm in some chaos, then I need to be still so that I can hear him. And it's so, it works. It really, really, truly works. I promise you. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have two boys with autism and my house sometimes can be very chaotic. But yet I have found that the more I work this program and that when I do my prayer and meditation on a daily basis, that I have that serenity in spite of the calamity. So that's all I have. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, LCM. And Sharon H., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater by God's Grace. And can you hear me okay, Kathy? Thanks, sir. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I just wanted to zone in on um, the verdict of the ages is that faith means courage. All men of faith have courage. They trust their God. We never apologize for God. Instead, we let him demonstrate through us what he can do. We ask him to remove our fear, and then we direct our attention to what he would have us be. 
at once we commence to outgrow fear. And I am just so grateful uh, because it does break these down into <clears throat> the instincts that drive us uh, and they get so out of balance when we have uh, become uh, enslaved to a substance of any kind. And so, uh, so first it's the resentments and, and uh, you know, we go through that and God begins to help us uh, unlearn all those old false belief systems and false ideas that ha we had lived our lives out accordingly because we never, we never thought any different until life just really became totally out of control. And then fear. You know, I I remember being fearful from from the time I was a little child. I had a very fearful imagination. And to know today that why that was is that I put all of my trust into other human beings, not where it belonged, depending and relying and trusting and know that I was absolutely loved by God as I understand God today. And so that has made such a difference but just like with the resentments we have to practice 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 so that's why we write down our fears we see that when we rely on our finite selves and we immediately go into problem solving and we got to fix whatever it is we think is so fearful and and uh, it keeps us stuck but when we're able to trust and rely on God Write down the fears, just look at the evidence and, and see that um, I'm trusting again in my puny, finite self instead of in this infinite power and love of, of God to outgrow fear. And um, then my sponsor tells me, okay, how do you do that? You, you call another person. That's another way we practice getting out of ourselves and be there for someone else. And then the other thing that has helped me so much over the years, and I learned this many years ago in my first 12-step program, is I have what they call a God box. It started out as a lunch sack, and it just said God bag on it. Now I have a cute little box. And I put my fears, once I've written them, in that God box. And then every time that thought will come back into mind, I just say, oh, thank you, God, that's in the God box. Thank you for taking care of that. And that has helped me so much to outgrow fear and to continue to trust and rely and depend on God to do again for me what I cannot do for myself alone. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon H. And Paula D., please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy, and thank you for your service. This would be Paula D., currently in Florida. And I am a compulsive reader recovered today, by the grace of God. You know, we come to this paragraph. Boy, I'd just like to stay right here. We never apologize. That's all I did. That's all I did. But today, to live to anyone, for depending upon our creator, that's what I apologized for. But I want to go to this next line. We can laugh at those who think spirituality the way of weakness. You know, in many places in the book, uh, you'll hear we are not a glum lot. And at the end of Bill's story, some would be surprised. Why? Honey, you can laugh today because we know the truth. Finally, I know the spirituality, the way of weakness. And then it says paradoxically, isn't this book full of paradoxes? I mean, the first step, come on. Surrender for freedom? That doesn't make sense. But doesn't Bill say that? Common sense on common sense. Look at it mixed up. 
is the way of strength finally to live in and live with all people, all things, all places, as we're shared. In a walk, some of us, many of us are in a walk, sometimes within our own families. Can we live there? You bet we can. Because we do. We demonstrate. That's what it said. We let him demonstrate through us, as was said, what he can do. Finally, it wasn't what I can do. Because I couldn't. Until I realized I couldn't, I could. (laughs) Paradox? Yeah. This is where trust comes in. We ask him. That's it. That's it. We ask him, and then I believe. And then I trust. It comes to a whole different place to remove our fear. And then what? More. Direct our attention to what he would have us be, not what I would be. Give to another what you've received, but I've only got a little. Oh, you forget about the gold miner. We struck the mother load here. At once, we commence to outgrow fear. Look at a child that all of a sudden you look at their pants, you know, like that four-year-old little boy who's now four in maybe four months. You say, wow, what happened? What you couldn't see all of a sudden is visible. You see his pants? The end of his pant cuff is now like two inches above. Can't even see it. We have commenced with the gun to outgrow fear. My time is coming to a close now. So with that, I will pass. I will say thank you for the time that was allowed me to share. Thank you, Paula D. And who else would like to share on this paragraph? This is share. I heard Bella, Larry, Julie, and who else? Julie R. And who else? Eileen B. Eileen B. Okay, let's stop there. So we'll be Bella G, Larry K, Dulee, Julie R, and Eileen B. Please go ahead, Bella. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G. And I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service. And thank you very much, everybody on the line. All men of faith have courage. Oh, wow. It's so, it's so true. Yes, before program, I thought that I have faith. But no, I didn't. I had certain beliefs. And one of my beliefs were that I have the power Well, I lived in a life of war. Either I am a loser or a winner, and I wanted so much to be the winner. I I took on myself a job that I didn't have license for. I was a judge. I judged everybody. I wanted to prove that I am better than you, that I am stronger than you, that I am smarter than you. I didn't have courage, not at all. I thought I have the power. I I was responsible for other people, not for myself. I have the power. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that I am not there anymore. Now I live in a life that I have courage. Yes, yes, I have faith. I have faith. I, ha- I trust God. I trust God. 
a higher power, a higher power than myself. Today, I believe that I am human, I am not perfect, and I am limited. Yes, and today I have courage because I have the power to choose one day at a time and to choose to choose is a courage, and all the time, 24-7, I have opportunities to choose, to choose what to do now, this minute, what is better for me, and they, to take responsibility on myself. Today, I learn to look at myself, to to look where I am now, to look, to accept that I have character defects and I have to work on them and with them. This is courage and this is my power to take responsibility on myself only. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Bella G. And Larry Kay, please go ahead. Thanks, Kathy. Uh, this is Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, you know, you know, why am I, why am I doing step four? Why am I even examining, you know, my fears? Um, you know, we're doing, we're doing step four and we're, and we're, we're actually doing, we're doing all these steps in sequence, you know, particularly these action steps because not, not, not so that we can put the food down because the food wasn't my problem. The food was my solution. Um, the food is no longer my solution. My higher power is my solution today. And so we had to examine these things. We had to go through step four and do this inventory. And yes, we had to look at our fears. The fears kept me, among so many other things in my life, the fears kept me blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit. They kept me blocked off from my higher power. And there was no way for me to know that. I know that now in reflection. The fears, um, the daily constant companion of those fears um, allowed me to live a certain life that was control-based. It was a life of uh, self-centeredness. It was a life of trying to control you, trying to control my circumstances, my environment, everything everything, uh, that I could control because if I could control it, perhaps then my fears would dissipate. The, pro- the problem was my fears never dissipated. They might for a time. When I would stuff my face, my fears might dissipate for a few minutes. And that was my solution, and that was the cycle that we learned. You know, we learned that cycle of um, seeking, whether it's <laughs> stuffing my face, whether it's uh, taking a trip, a new relationship, uh, whatever it is, you know, one thing that it wasn't, it wasn't God because I was blocked off from God. I did not see God or my higher power as a means by which I could live as fundamental to this design for living that works. God was just a concept, something that I believed in, but what I didn't have access to in in a very personal sense. See, today I do because I can reflect back, because why? Because I've taken these steps. And more importantly, it wasn't one and done, you know? I didn't take the steps. I live in the steps today, to the best of my ability, with my imperfections. I live in the steps. The steps are not something I do. The steps are something that I am. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Thank you, Bella G. 
Thank you, Larry Kay. And do, L, please go ahead. Good morning. This is Do L, Recover Compulsive Overeater. When I read this paragraph, I, I think of an, al- an, an analogy that I always use about a fan and being plugged into an outlet cover. And I think of the fan as being myself. And, um, and the, the, the cord is the connection that I have to this outlet, which the outlet would represent God. And what do I do? I, I am connected to God, and I pull the cord, and I, I put the outlet cover on the outlet. And that's, that's my resentments, that's my fears, that I'm blocking myself off from God. And then what happens to the fan is that I'm running on my own self-propulsion, and what happens is I'm running on my own power, and that motor starts winding down, and it, it eventually comes to a stop because eventually I can't, I can't do it on my own. And so what happens? I realize that I need more power. I need something else to help me. And so this work on step four is about removing that outlet cover and connecting back to God. But how do I do that? How do I connect back to God? Well, it gives me uh, a demonstration of, of how to do that. It says we ask him to remove our fears and direct our attention. So that's how I plug back into God. I, I ask. I pray. I, I connect. And so what happens when I connect to God, when I connect to the outlet cover, what happens is that God enables me. He gives me his power and channels that power through the 12 steps into that fan, into that motor, into my heart, so that I can be propelled again. But this time it's not on my own energy and my own power. It is on God's power. And so that's what catapults me into a different direction because now I'm running on different energy. I'm running on different power that's helping me to do things with ease and comfort. And it doesn't mean that I won't have difficulties because the fan can break down. But God will continue to enable me and fix me and, and propel me as long as I stay plugged in. It's when I let go of that fan. As long as I let go of that outlet cover and let go of that outlet, that I remove myself from it, that I fail. So um, I just wanted to share that, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Do And Julie R., please go ahead. Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Over here in California. You know, I wanted to share just about... Um, that one sentence, we asked him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us be. You know, when I'm in fear, I push God out. I, it's all about Julie. It's about, oh, my God, what's going to happen? That gets bigger and bigger, and my God gets smaller. You know, and I can't afford to do that because that's when I get these thoughts of, of either um, acting in a way that is not conducive to living a spiritual life or, you know, eventually the food will come back. I have been um, saying this prayer off and on so much this last week. Um, Some of you know my father was ill and he passed away. And it's like, you know, I'm not of service to anybody if I'm living in fear, fear of doing the will right, being the executor, fear of making everybody happy. So I have been in constant prayer asking what 
shall you have me be? What do you want me to be? Direct my thinking. Because if I don't do that, then Julia's in charge, and that is not a very good thing. I um, have proven time after time when I make those decisions, people around me are not um, happy. I am not happy, and my God is, is not happy, you know. So, yeah, today I have to be reminded I cannot run the show, I cannot live in fear, and that I have a solution, and that is tapping into my God, you know, 20 times a day if need be, and saying, take this away from me and show me what you would want me to be. That's the second part. I, I can just say, oh, remove the fear, remove the fear. But if I don't take action, then I'm still going to be that crazy woman. So, you know, for today, there is nothing out there that warrants me picking up that food because I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in anger. And I am so grateful that um, everybody is here on the line because I get to re- be reminded of who I am and, and where I'm living today. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Julia. And Eileen B., please go ahead. Hi, this is Eileen B., recovering compulsive overeater in Pennsylvania. Um, just wanted to share that this is my first share on Vision for You, so I did ask my higher power to remove the fear. And I want to thank all of you so much, my higher power, Vision for You, my wonderful sponsor and all the people that I've reached out to. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I felt the need to share because I just finished my fear inventory starting my sex conduct and I really loved this paragraph. And I what I loved the most was um we th- those who think that spirituality is the way of weakness, paradoxically it is the way of strength. And having just done my fear inventory, I can just see so much how I relied on myself to deal with so many fears, so many fears. Fear is probably the number one offender in my life. And how I did not rely on my higher power. And the reason I wanted to share today is because I woke up and I have a very busy day at work. My daughter is suffering with this disease and um, had a difficult conversation with her yesterday. And my dad is very sick, and we will probably put him on hospice soon. And I woke up, of course, my first, just working this step, I woke up and the fear came in and it just went out. I'm so grateful. I thought, I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to control the situation. I don't have to be codependent. People please, be perfectionistic over-exercise, overeat. I don't need to do this anymore. I can place all of these fears in my higher power's hands, and I am so grateful for that. I'm grateful that to be abstinent, thank you, God, and that at the end of this day, I will not be coming home at 7 o'clock, pray God, and putting my hand in a box of endless Cheez-Its or a spoon in an endless carton of ice cream because that is how I manage my fears. And now I have a new design for living. Thank you, God. He's gonna, I ask him to remove the fear, and I'm ready for him to take it. And I'm just so grateful to Vision for You, like I said, and all of you. And really that's all I wanted to share, but I want to thank you so much and thank you for all of you for being there and supporting me. And I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen B. Uh, who else would like to share on this paragraph? 
Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Monica. Lois. Janice. Huh? Monica. Lois. Charles Jan- H. Janice. You're an R.S. Uh, Charles H. Sharon R.S. Anybody else? Monica. I got you, Monica. You're our first. <laughs> okay, so we have Monica, Lois, Janice, um, Charles H., and Sharon R.S. Monica, please go ahead. Thank you very much. My name is Monica, and I, Monica T. I keep forgetting the T there, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So here we are doing our fear inventory, and we're being given instructions here on this page of how to do this. So I thought I would share with you a, um, uh, a fear that I wrote on and the, process, and the things that I wrote. And the fear was being rejected. Why did I have this? I'm just going to say that it's something that originated in my early childhood, and uh, we'll just let that go at that. And then self-reliance failed us. How did how did my self-reliance fail me? What were my coping techniques? So this is a second question that I'm answering here on my fear inventory. So I built a wall around me. I was strong. I took care of myself because no one else was going to. I buried feelings with food, and feelings weren't good. But food was. Food was comfort. This And how did this all work for me? Well, it isolated me from close relationships. And food turned around and became a very serious, hurtful, fearful problem in itself. So my self-reliance obviously did not help me here. So when I trust and rely on God, this was my next little paragraph where I had to write. When I trust and rely on God, today I see things in a whole new way. He's showing me that he has never rejected me, and he's always here with me. And all I have to do is turn to him. He understands. I don't have to be alone again. He's given me a fellowship and a program that is opening up a whole new way of life. All I have to do is share my pain with him and return, reach out to someone else. You know, and that's the underlying thing in his whole program. When I'm fearful, when I'm resentful, Ask him to remove it immediately and turn my thoughts to how I can be a help to somebody else. Um, And what, you know, that I am trusting and relying on him. What a concept. And then the last thing I had to do with my fear inventory was to write out the prayer. Dear God, I come to you with a fear of being rejected because I have relied on my finite self to provide me with self-worth. I now come to you trusting, relying on your infinite power to heal me. Please remove my fear of being rejected and direct my attention to what you would have me be. And I was told to pause. I've just said this prayer. Pause and write down what I was told, what I heard. And I, this is what he wanted me to be. Helpful to others. Trust in God. Share it with God. And share with another human being. And today, whenever a fear pops up, I have the instructions on page 84. Immediately ask God to remove it and turn your thoughts, Monica, on how you can help somebody else. You know what that means for me many times? So simple. Just pray for another person and my fear will be relieved. And if it's not, I keep praying. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Monica T. And Lois, please go ahead. Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, This is Lois M. in Massachusetts, recovered. 
and um, I just had to um, talk about um, this, this, this paragraph that we just read, and, and what I have to break it down to, and did, and co- I would like to comment on, is that th- this, I had to break it down to, these are a set of directions, and I remember reading that in the beginning of the book, and I do try to remember to read that with Sponsees. This book is a set of directions about how to recover from the disease of uh, alcoholism, uh, as we say in our in our group, compulsive overeating, and and I read these things and I read them with a recovered sponsor and I learned you know about how to do my fears, how to write down my fears, and many of these things you know I worked very very well and I was very willing to follow directions. I was very grateful for the people who who um, who shared examples because I really needed. I needed complete instructions and examples. And I began to hear, and I heard with, not with just my ears, but I heard with my heart that, you know, you were like me, and you had done this, and you had gotten this. And, and I really wanted that. And I also heard that this is a book of people, this is a book of instructions for people who do it, not who need it, but who actually do it. And I was a doer, you know, I, I, I was a doer to the nth degree, but there were, there were so many things in my life that didn't come right to the surface, that first fourth step that I did. I mean, I was, I was sincere and I really wanted to, um, to recover and I wanted the happy, joyous and free that I heard in, in people's and I did. I got many of many days of that, most of that. But I also learned that this is a process. And I, what, my, if I can quickly just share what happened in the past few months was, I had a situation going on, a very a very fearful one, I guess. I didn't really realize it. I had been enabling a member of my family for many t- years, you know. Uh, uh, enabling her to be irresponsible. I didn't know she was irresponsible. I thought she needed it. She was a single mom, and I was helping her. And and I, I was very willing to do that. I felt really happy that I could do it. And and I never thought um, I, I would... I, many times I thought that it was not the right thing to do, but I didn't have the courage to not do that. So anyway, something happened in, in her life which affected me and my, my actions, and I stopped doing that. And um, I did talk a lot about this with my with my uh, sponsor and my network. But anyway, I was so afraid that this person would commit suicide. Her children were going to be freezing because I was keeping them all afloat. And when I learned, you know, that there was something in me that was a it was actually a character defect. You know, that I was enabling her. And I never thought I could do that. I couldn't do it. So I asked God, and I asked, I did that. I asked God to help me. I threw down the gauntlet, and I suffered such fears that I had never suffered before. And I, you know, a truly physical reaction, physical withdrawal almost. And and I was, you know, I had to work this program, and I had to talk to my my. Um, a, my OA people daily, and, and God did this for me that I couldn't do for myself. But what I wanted to make clear a point was this the, I can learn this, I can read the concept, you know, about turning it over, but turning it over, you know, I don't just suffer, uh, I just don't turn it over and ride through life, la la, you know. Uh, this fear had grasped me, and it grasped me so deeply and so unknowingly that. You know, I was very open to um, being 
reminded that I have been recovered for a while, but God isn't done with me yet, and I am still learning. So I just wanted to put that out there. You know, I don't have it made, and I, you know, I am still learning what what's going on with me. I can only see what I can see, but God is doing for me what I could not do for myself, and I am really grateful for that. I was looking at my selfishness. It felt good for me to do this, but it wasn't maybe the thing I should have done for her. I could not see that. But anyway, you know, this this program for me has never failed as long as I keep trudging the road of happy destiny. And I'm very grateful I have done that one day at a time. Thank you so much. And I pass. Thank you, Lois M. Uh, uh, Just a gentle reminder, if you can time yourself so we have enough time for everyone to share, that would be great. And Janice, you're up next. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ms. Kathy from Boston. This is Janice P. Um, in Minneapolis. Um, grateful, grateful to be on the line this morning and have an opportunity to to chime in on this. We're talking about fear here. Thank God the big book has such a great discussion of fear. You know, I was reading just the other day uh, something that Bill W. said, that achievement of freedom from fear is a lifetime undertaking one that can never be wholly completed. Only the self-deceived will claim perfect freedom from fear. You know, that was so reassuring to me when I read it. And when I read these instructions, and what do I do with the fears? You know, I couldn't do a thing about the things I wasn't aware of. So in doing this inventory, I had to write down those fears. I had to start to dig deep and look at where fear had ruled my life. I didn't want to believe that about myself, but I'd always been one to cover it up, you know, to cover it up, to try, you know, I stumbled and fumbled and fumbled my way around because we're all oh so human, and I certainly am. But I wasn't able to get down deep within me where God dwelled within me and look at those fears and then have a place to turn them over. Because I believe with all my heart that God is in every breath I take. So when I feel those fears, even putting them down in my inventory, of course I was going to feel those fears. I was digging things up, you know, secrets that I thought I was going to take to my grave. You know, things that I had feared, things that I had run from, things that I had covered up. But I'm putting it down here so that I can turn it over and let God help me with this. You know, it was another great place of surrender for me, to surrender my fears, to to begin to trust God, to begin to have that great reality deep within me that there was a God of my understanding that was going to be able to be a source of strength. You know, lack of power, that was my dilemma. But now I had a power source that I could plug into. And, and I believe that truly, heartfully today. You know, that I try to live a life where I'm awake and aware. And so when those fears crop up, because they will, then there is a place. There, there is a prayer and a meditation practice. Just like we have here, you know, as we're doing our four steps, there's already a place to land, a soft place to land, where the God of our understanding can be a great source of strength. And then get out of my own head and try to help somebody. You know, turn my thoughts to someone that I can help. What a blessing. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Janice P. And Charles H., please go ahead. Good morning, all the visionaries. Thank you, Kathy K., for your continued service. Uh, my name is Charles H., a recovered visionary just for today. Can you hear me clearly? I can. Thank you. All right. And thank you for that reminder because, you know, for me, what that reminder means is anything after three minutes is fair. You know, um, that's what I heard from, you know, a lot of people in program. So all through the big book I hear that fear paralyzes me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm spiritually sick. I'm just spiritually sick um, with that fear. So I just want to drill down. Um, where it says, we asked him to remove our fear and direct our attention to what he would have us to be at once. Right away, we commenced to outgrow fear. This is, this is if, 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 because, because the uh, fear and faith cannot abide in the same place. I know I'm preaching good this morning. Fear and faith cannot abide. So if I put the footwork in, right, and write them fears down. And I want to thank all the visionaries for sharing out on that on, on their fears and different types of fears because I got a fear of putting on all my fears, right? And, and just listening, right? I'm able to put down some fears that I didn't want to put down, right? Because you know, you know, if, if I do and, 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 and if I do this fear inventory and I put down that I'm trusting God, then what am I doing the fear inventory for? Because the fear means that, Charles, you are not trusting God. You're trusting your finite self. And I ain't nothing but a sand or a pebble, a piece of pebble or a bozo on a bus that's fearful every single day. I don't know what to do. All I know is sometimes my mind tells me to dial this number, listen, and, and put my little two cents in and shut up. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for allowing me to share. Thank you, Charles H. And Sharon R.S., please go ahead. Good morning. This is Sharon R.S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Kathy, and good morning to all of you visionaries on the line this morning. I am so glad to have the opportunity to speak for a couple minutes on this paragraph because it is it just reminds me of what we're doing here. It, uh, it takes me back to the fact that I was at a place uh, at one point where I'm in my own strength and no human strength could get me recovered. I was dying. I was physically dying by my own hand, uh, hand to mouth, um, and I was killing myself, destroying the life of my family, hurting people, creating a path of devastation everywhere I went. And my way, I realized, wasn't working. So I needed a new way. Uh, and I found that there was a power greater than myself that could help me and restore me. And then I made a big step. I made a big decision. I turned my will and my life over to the care of that higher power. And I made a decision that henceforth, I was going to find out what that higher power wanted me to do. And I was just going to do that because my way didn't work. It never worked and it will never work. And However, I don't know how to live that life, and I'm grooved in the old ways. 
my natural pattern is to go back hand to mouth to solve all my problems. My, my old way is to live in my own strength, to make my own decisions. And to me, that seems like the right way. So how do I change? Well, the first thing is I have to get rid of all my resentment, selfishness, dishonesty, fear. I have to get to the root of my problems. I have to be willing to let go of, of those. And whenever they crop up, I've got to deal with them immediately. And every day in the meantime, I've got to fall on my knees and I have to ask or fall on my knees figuratively speaking because it's, you know, we each have our own way of communicating and, and, and uh, humbling ourselves before a higher power. But it is certainly critical for me to humble myself, to let God direct me. What is your will for me, big or small? I need your will for me. I have to let go of myself. And for me, it means not going too far in the past and not digging up the, the uh, uh, not going too far in the future and not digging up the past because I would dig that past up and carry it around like it was my salvation. I have to let go of yesterday. It's killing me. It's keeping me from moving forward. So whatever it takes, shut my ears down, spinning around in my head what happened yesterday, what he said, what she said. I've got to let go of seeking others, uh, pleasing people, seeking myself outside myself. Um, I have to let go of dishonesty. Uh, lying, untruthfulness. Sometimes I don't even know I'm lying. So what I'm saying here is I've, this is a new way of living. It's a whole life. It's everything. It's not just food. It's every step I take, every breath I take. I must have a different way of living of living, and so I can't do it in my own strength. So I have to be like the horse that's in the race of its life. I've got to get those blinders on, not looking to the left or to the right, what she's doing, what he's doing, just looking straight ahead to the goal, and the only one that knows the goal for me is my higher power. Now, I'm in the with the group of racers. We're all running together, so I know the path because I'm right with them. I'm staying in the thick of it because as long as I'm with that herd, I know I'm going in the right direction because, you know, I'm broken. I don't know what to do, where to go, how to do it, and I've proven that over and over again for decades. But my safety is right running with the pack, with my blinders on, focused on my higher power, just putting one foot in front of the other, not looking over my shoulder at the past, not looking too far down, you know, to the end of the race, who's going to win, what's going to happen, but just in this moment, just in this day, one step at a time, I can do this, I can live, I can survive, I can have a wonderful, fantastic life. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Sharon R.S. And this is Kathy Kay. I'd like to take a short turn. Um, uh, this paragraph is is amazing to me uh, in so many ways, and I just want to share that when I did my fourth step a number of years ago, um, I uh, felt such relief when I finished the fear inventory. I really felt a number of fears lifting from me, and I that was a very important part of my recovery because I had spent. 80% of my waking hours in fear before I became recovered. And somehow um, I kind of lost sight of the fact that um, in our 10th and 11th steps, 
we have to continue to turn around fear. And I, I was a bit discouraged when fear started popping up again. I think it was about six months uh, actually after I recovered um, before something happened that really grabbed my fear deeply. Um, today I'm in the middle of a crisis in my family. Uh, one of our members is quite ill. And, um, you know, uh, a fellow traveler uh, helped me to reframe what I'm experiencing right now, and it really is an opportunity. It's not just a terrible, terrible situation. It's an opportunity to get closer to God because I really need God right now. Um, I have very little clue as to how I can be most helpful um, and very, very difficult time finding hope in the situation I'm in. But I am continuing to go to God and asking him to show me the next right action. And I can honestly say that I am matching calamity with serenity. Um, it takes a lot of effort uh, and action, um, but, you know, it, it's better than anything that could have happened um, prior to recovery. And so I'm very, very grateful. And it's a set of tools that we learn through this fourth-step fear inventory that we can take with us for the rest of our lives. And with that, I pass. And I think it's time now to close the meeting. And so I would like to ask Sally A. if you would read A Vision for You in the big book on page 164. Yes, I'm right here. Good morning, A Vision for You, my family. It's Sally A. in South Jersey, a recovered compulsive reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Thank you, Sally A., uh, for that.